hinges creak in doorless chambers. Where strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls. This is the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. So today we're going to be talking about Universal Studios and a little bit of background. Universal Studios Florida is a theme park and a production studio located in Orlando, Florida. And it was opened on June the 7th, 1990. And it's a theme park uh, that's themed on the entertainment industry and movies and television. And the, what the park is all about is it encourages you to ride the movies and features a lots of different numerous attractions and a lot of live shows as well. Now, Universal Studios is not to be confused with the Universal Resort as a whole. Because the Universal Resort actually has um, a couple of different parks. So it has Volcano Bay and Islands of Adventure. And we're soon going to have the Universal's Epic Universe, which will be a bit further down International Drive. But today, specifically, we're talking about Universal Studios. And that was the first park to open in 1990. So in terms of Orlando, still, still a bit of a baby. You know, it's only 30 years old as compared to... You know, the Magic Kingdom, Disney Disney World, which opened in the 70s. So I'm joined again today with my lovely wife, Mrs. Towels. How are you doing? I'm all right. I don't know what day is what anymore, but I'm all right. Yep, all the days still merging into one. <laughs> so we're still having the same day over and over again. So today's episode, again, is about loves and hates. And again, when we talk about hates, we're more talking about little quibbles, maybe areas for improvement, maybe some constructive criticism. I don't think we could say that we hate any theme park, but it's just a word that we decided on. It's just to kind of convey, you know, what we want to say about the parks. And I mean, like we said before, we are straightforward talking Yorkshire folk. And so we say it as we see it. And that's just kind of the people that we are. So there we go. So shall I, uh, shall I kick off this time then, Shelly Pops? Yeah, if you start with something that you like. Okay, so in terms of my love then, I would say the rides at Universal Studios, because Universal Studios is home to some really classic rides, and probably the rides that people would be most familiar with. So rides like, for example, the E.T. ride, you know, that's the classic, and it still rides really well as well. Had a bit of a weird smell to it. Um, but, and also the, the ride system is kind of interesting because you kind of sat on like a bicycle um, but yeah that's pretty good um, Rip Ride Rocket that on ride audio that just makes the ride extra special for me um, I think the last time that I went on it we had uh, I, I put on Limp Biscuit rolling and that just seemed to go really really well with the ride it was kind of like rolling 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 <laughs> and it was like I don't know it yeah, just, but... made, just made the ride kind of extra special I don't know it kind of gave me that kind of tingling kind of feeling you know as we were on the ride for some but I reason. think the trick for Rip Ride Rockets do your homework before you go and then to um, look at the special codes yeah. the secret codes out that you can put in on the ride 
So the way that Rip Ride Rocket works, when you get on the ride, you're putting a code for a song. When you're queuing up, there's lists of what songs are available. And if you do your research beforehand, there's another, there's like secret menus. Well, they're not so secret because they're publicly available on the internet. But there's separate menus with additional songs on it that aren't listed on the walls when you're queuing up. Yeah, and they've got some real, like, if you're into your metal, they've actually got some metal music on there. So you've got like Amphrax, I think, and I think there's Slayer on there. Or at least the one when when we went. I think I had. I'm sure that I had Amphrax Indians on for the first ride. I'm sure I did. Um, but it didn't quite go with it really because it's got such a long introduction. It were almost the ride were almost over by the time it even got into it. So if you're gonna pick a song, probably pick a song that's kind of you know, um, you know, pumping from the beginning. Really. Um, I mean the lift hill takes probably a minute or two to get up there but you want a, a song that gets straight into it really i had a breaking benjamin one on one of the rides and i can't remember which which, which breaking benjamin song i had not at all no. as heavy as what you had but i had one i can't remember diary of jane yeah i think i think it was i'm, I'm pretty sure yeah i what think diary so of jane I, had? I think so yeah either way know. it worked out well but i think that's just because the way the tune goes <laughs> yeah um uh, Gringotts, um, that's a really good ride. That's over in um, in the London area um, of Universal Studios. I guess the only thing I would say about Gringotts, and it'll probably this will probably move on to one of my hates, but I'm not going to move there just yet, is that Gringotts was a little bit stop-start, a little bit too reliant on screens, I thought, but I won't go there just yet. Um, other classic ride for me is Men in Black, that I mean, <laughs> I'm kind of contradicting myself because in uh, one of the last episodes when we talked about Alton Towers, I talked about not really liking Jewel, which is like a, it's like a shooting ride. But I don't know why, but Men in Black just feels like it. I think because the Men in Black, the, the way it's themed is that you're on like a training mission, and it kind of makes sense, you know, why you're shooting stuff. It's just a really enjoyable ride, but I think you kept beating me all the time, didn't you, with with your scores? That's the only problem. I'm quite happy with any ride where I can shoot things. Not that I want to destroy the earth or anything like that, and I've, I don't have kind of manic tendencies, but I do like a ride where you've got a bit of interactivity. So, yeah, I like Men in Black. But I think it's one of those... We grew up with Men in Black. It came out when we would have been teens. Would we in teens? When did Men in Black come out? Late nineties. Yeah, but in the nineties, yeah, definitely in the nineties. I think it was around about ninety-seven, around that kind of time. Wasn't I'm it, googling. One sec. Ninety-seven. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, there we go. Ninety-seven. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of like around us that kind of time, wasn't it? So, yeah, and the way it's themed on the outside is that it's meant to be um, like it's a world fair or something like that. So yeah, and it's, uh, it's yeah, it's really enjoyable. I really enjoyed the Men in Black ride. Um, also, let me just have a think. Um, the Mummy ride. So the Mummy ride's really good. That's really enjoyable. Um, I think that's probably one of the best coasters in in Orlando. I think actually, um, I like uh, the fire. Um, and they, there's, you know, it's quite a good uh, launch section in there. And it's just like an all-round, you know, pretty good ride. I think that was definitely one of my favourite rides when we were in Orlando. Yeah, I think that shows off the special effects and how you can do special effects really well on a coaster. Because sometimes they can kind of half-arse it, can't they? But on, on Mummy, I think the, the, they did a really good job, especially for something that 
if you think about the mummy now, I don't think the next generation are that into the mummy. I mean, saying that, I don't think our generation was that into the mummy. It was a reasonable mm. film. I think it was very popular at the time, I think. Um, My mum liked it, but then she yeah. liked Brendan Fraser, so... I think she just likes anything that's got Egypt in it, I think, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, the so that's a really good ride. I don't know if they'll ever re you know, the, I have a feeling that it'll probably get rethemed at some point, to be honest. Um and it'll definitely need a, a bit of a refresh. But yeah, the mummy, really good ride. Um so yeah, so Universal Studios it's definitely home to some of our favourite rides in all of Orlando. And I think we probably only originally planned to probably go to Universal Studios for a day or two, but I think we ended up spending almost like four days there in in the end um so yeah so um yeah the rides definitely um so moving on to a hate then and this is just kind of a bit of a segue from the rides a little bit is that some of the rides there's a bit of an over reliance on on screen rides i think there's only so many you know that you can do um you know the first couple of times you think oh yeah that's really good you know and you, and you put the 3d glasses on and you kind of go through these screen-based attractions, but when you kind of get to like your fourth or fifth screen-based attraction, you're kind of feeling, hmm, okay, I'm not sure about this anymore. <laughs> it feels like there's too many. Um, and you know what I'm like with screen-based attractions? Like I always feel, I feel, you know, I feel a bit queasy, you know, after after watching it for a while, and I often have to take the glasses off. So that's just something that, you know, I would say that's something that I don't really enjoy about Universal Studios. It's just the over-reliance on screen sometimes. Yeah, I suppose I, can, I get your point with maybe something like Simpsons. Well, I enjoyed Simpsons. Um, I don't mind Minions. I think the new uh, Despicable Me ride, I quite enjoyed that. Um, Shrek, is that a ride? Does it move? I can't remember. Um well it's like a four it's like a kind of 4d cinema one it so yeah. i guess yeah i don't know if you call it a ride but it's yeah. i mean it's a 4d it's a 4d cinema mm, i, don't I guess it. i guess the general public you know as far as they're concerned it's a ride in it you know technically it might not be a ride but you know people would say oh yeah it's a ride i guess i'm probably more thinking about you know like transformers and and things like that um, yeah but then you struggle with uh 4d uh 3d um, films and stuff like that anyway so it makes sense that you struggle with those screen based rides yeah yeah and um, when we went Jimmy Fallon wasn't open and, and that just looks it looks terrible um, <laughs> I don't really <laughs> see the Jimmy yeah I don't really see the point in that at all um, and they've kind of doubled down a little bit you know uh, with, with those right and then they've got the Fast and Furious and that's a very screen based ride but I think recent years they've kind of pulled back a little bit from that and thankfully Hagrid's, you know, doesn't rely on screens. I was a bit worried that they were going to replace Dueling Dragons with a, an overly screen-based ride. So, yeah, and I think, you know, when I was when I asked a question in the theme park loopy community on, on Facebook, that was one of the common complaints as well, you know, the, the screen-based attractions. And, you know, in a way... Um, it makes sense because you know universal you know they are a screen based you know media company aren't they you know yeah. so you kind of got to expect that but i think i think like probably in the 90s 
the screen-based attractions. You know, everyone everyone at home had, you know, really small, low-resolution TVs, you know, didn't they? And so it probably felt really fresh, you know, and new and exciting back then. But I think now, now people have got, you know, 4K TVs, you know, you have the home cinema systems. It kind of feels a bit, a bit too much. You, can, you kind of go to a theme park now to get away from, you know, screens these days, don't you? Uh, so to go to a theme park where there's so many screen-based attractions, I think it's a little bit of a drag, you know, on some people. I but think then, now. from one perspective, is a screen-based attraction cheaper to build than maybe a bigger roller coaster? Well, I and don't, it takes I, up less space because yeah. most of them are just housed in one kind of area, aren't they? They're in a building normally. Yeah, I think it depends on the ride. Like, you know, something like, um, you know, Spider-Man, which isn't at Universal Studios, it's at Island Adventure, but the, that type of ride, similar really to Transformers, it's a kind of similar kind of ride system. Um, you know, that's that's not a cheap ride to build, but if it's something where you just sat, you know, in a theatre and then it's basically a screen and you get a few bubbles or something and you get a bit of splash of water, I think that's kind of like ten a penny these days. So you mean if you're comparing the Hulk versus Shrek? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously yeah. the Hulk costs more There's than a big, Shrek to big me. Price, big price difference there. Um... Yeah, so, I mean, the Simpsons ride, definitely ride system, very old. Because, I mean, the ri- I don't know if people realise, but the, the ride system is, is just the same. It's the same one that was there for Back to the Future. So they've got a number of um, sort of, not really vehicles, but areas where these sort of simulators are and they're all in this building. And then the these shows kind of run in front of you. So... It's it's still exactly it's still exactly the same really. Um, obviously it's now been themed as the Simpsons, uh, but it's basically the Back to the Future ride system. So it's very old and very jarring. Um, I find, and it might not have been as bad actually for Back to the Future because I guess you kind of expect that to be kind of a oh, bit no. jarring. No, um, I remember going on Back to the Future and Back to the Future hurt. I remember right. coming <laughs> off of it, and even my mum were like, "What on earth have we just been on?" I mean, you don't expect a DeLorean to be comfy. But that hurt. It really did. It was not a, a cosy mm. ride. I mean, we went on it probably, it might have been a year before it closed, maybe a couple of years before it closed. It were old when, by the time we got to go on it, but it hurt a lot. Yeah, yeah. So so that's a bit of a shout. So the Simpsons ride, the queue line was pretty good. I enjoyed the queue line, but... The ride itself, I, I didn't, I didn't really enjoy. So, so moving on to one of your hits, and what would you say that your hits are? My grumble. I'm not gonna say hate because I think that's a hard, harsh word. But my grumble um, for Universal is places to eat. I think, especially in Orlando, when you're comparing it to the other parks that are there, um, taking out the Harry Potter. The, uh, when you go down to Diagon Alley. I mean, saying that, there's not much in Diagon Alley to, in regards to eating. You've got three brooms, uh, not three brooms, that's another side, uh, Leaky Cauldron. Yeah. Is the only place you, you can really eat. There's snack carts that are kind of dotted around, but then the wider park, you've not got much more there. Uh, you've got a few odd 
stands mon- and things. There's a monster cafe in there. Um, yeah, but the food that's there is... I mean, it's, it is bog-standard theme park food, which you expect. But the place, the monster cafe, is it just seems dead every time we've gone in. <laughs> yeah, well, even, even the Harry Potter-themed uh, restaurants. So they've got the Leaky Cauldron and the, the Three Broomsticks. Three Broomsticks, yeah, that's over They're both basically the same place, aren't they? Whoa! Um, Whoa! You're gonna you're gonna get some uh, <laughs> Harry Potter fan hate mail. They're not well, the same no, place. Well, no, but what I mean is, in the theme park, that they, they kind of feel like the same place. You know, they've got a very similar menu, and they're both wizardy themed pubs. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just felt like they were both dark, a lot of wood, um, same menu pretty much. Oh, um, would you have rather have had some sort of hipster? wizard bar in the heart of london is <laughs> yeah, that what you're saying all, yeah that wizard le- cocktail bar yeah that would be <laughs> awesome can you imagine it like the no so you go in you order you, you order your drink and then they kind of like conjure it up don't they? you know all these kind of it'd be a bit like you know on the crystal maze you know when they have um you know buckles on and he's with his mind is moving the sort of chemistry in there and it's kind of you know, going into uh, and then sort of creating something. I think that'd be really good, you know. Right, so, the, so the barman moved things with his mind. Maybe. So for anyone that doesn't know what the Crystal Maze is, it is <laughs> a UK game show. Can we call it a game show? Um, yeah. It used to be around back in the 80s it started, if I remember rightly. Yeah, with Richard O'Brien, who, yeah. who you'll probably know from Rocky Horror. Yeah, it was the, it was the creator of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, and he was the host... And it was um, a physical kind of game show. Contestants went into different rooms. Just Google it. Google the Crystal Maze. Um, or YouTube it. Or YouTube it. I mean, if you Google it, it'll come up with YouTube anyway. Um, but yeah, just look, look into what the Crystal Maze if you want to know what it's talking about. Um, and Buckles is a, a comedian slash writer slash podcast person called Adam Buxton. Yeah. Um, who affectionately is known as Buckles. Is the Buckles, isn't it? <laughs> is that Adam Buxton? Yeah, who's who's probably as uh, sporadic as us with podcasts because he, he kind of goes like months sometimes without putting anything out. <laughs> so. Yeah, but he has millions of listeners and quality content. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess we don't have millions of listeners, but um, or or quality content. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a dog though. Which we is... do have, we do have a dogs. Yeah, so that's kind of similar. Um, but yeah, because he'll go like six months without putting out a podcast. But then the difference is that he'll put out a podcast and go right. Well, I've been to you know LA or something, and we're like, oh, we've been to the Leeds. shop. Yeah, <laughs> we <laughs> yeah. went to the shop. Yeah, we, we went to Leeds. Bridge. Yeah, yeah, and then and then and then we actually recorded a podcast. So, anyway, you've gone off on yeah. a tangent. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Um, all right. So there's that then. Um, so what would you have? as a love then well my last comment on restaurants i'd say that if you are going to universal go out of universal park for a quality meal because once you get onto um the city walk area oh yeah there's plenty of places to eat yeah i mean i don't want to go on too much about the resort as a whole because we'll probably do a separate podcast about the resort as a whole but city walk kind of binds the resort together because it's in between you have to go through city walk to then go to you turn left to go to islands of adventure or you turn right to go to universal studio but yeah i would say on that that the best restaurants 
and places to go are in City Walk. I think we might do a separate episode on the resort as a whole, but yeah, I would I would agree with that. And we went to the hot dog walk of fame, didn't we? And we got a two foot two foot long hot dog. Yeah, which um, we shared, which I appreciate some people will just have that on their own as a snack. But that was a meal for us. I could have well, I could have <laughs> probably I could I bet I bet I could have eaten one to be fair. But I mean the problem is is like for us and generally for English people, is that um, you get all the... Before you go to Orlando, you kind of get all these ideas that, oh, I'm going to eat this and I'm going to eat that. But actually, when when you're there, it's so hot and humid. Um, I mean, we went last in December, but it was still really, really hot. And you just don't want to eat anything. So you're kind of forcing yourself to eat. I mean, you don't really get hungry until in the evening probably so in the evening when it starts to get a bit cooler then you suddenly start to get really hungry don't you like at a really bad time to get hungry so about eight o'clock at night but during the day um you just don't want to eat anything so so we shared i mean still i mean we had like a foot each didn't we? So it's yeah still, it's, it's still a good size hot dog it's, it's still substantial but I, I don't think we had breakfast that day so we, we kind of some days we had breakfast didn't we and then skip lunch and some days we'd skip breakfast and had lunch didn't we yeah um, and it, it came with a lot of different dipping sauces but like you say we'll go into that on another another podcast so that's all i'll say now about the eateries um and i'll move on to something that i like and for the, anyone that's listened to the last few will get that my thing that makes theme parks for me is the theming and i don't think anywhere does theming better than orlando whether it's disney universal whatever i think universal have done fantastically well um from from as soon as you go in and you've got that that whole hollywood feel that that proper studio feel like you're walking onto a, a studio lot yeah, as compared to, uh, say, Walt Disney Studios in Paris, which just kind of feels not like a studio, just feels a bit weird. Um, it actually does feel like you're in sort of a studio, doesn't it? Because yeah. the, the buildings feel... Even though with some of the buildings, you can actually walk around the back and you can see the sort of construction, but the front of them actually look like real buildings don't they yeah and i think um, there's some real attention to detail in in a lot of the areas especially when you go down um round through i mean london always makes me laugh whenever you go through towards the harry potter sections um it always makes me laugh because i've never seen london that clean to begin <laughs> with well um, i'd, I'd kind of disagree a little bit because um i mean we both travel in and out of london quite a lot and these days king's cross station is is immaculately clean almost in it these days and the outside as well um however if you ventured past the sort of main square and especially around st pancras then yeah it definitely isn't as nice as <laughs> it's not as nice <laughs> as that but i mean london i don't know it's weird isn't it because you know king's cross used to be it was a very sort of dingy um dirty station at King's Cross these days, it's almost like an immaculate... It's just this immaculate place to be sometimes. Oh, I don't know. I think it depends on times that you travel. Sometimes if you go in rush hour, it is pretty gross at times. Well, maybe, maybe not in an afternoon. I mean, sometimes, like, I, I'll turn up in London, you know, about half past nine in the morning, so I've probably avoided the first rush in the morning, but always seems to be very clean, you know, so, so at least, you know, maybe... 
Yeah, it, it's it's definitely a lot cleaner than what London is, but I mean these days King's Cross is a bit cleaner, I suppose. To be but fair. back to Universal because you keep going off on tangents. Um, when you look at Diagon Alley, I think they've done really well. They did work with J.K. Rowling when they pulled all this together. Um, that that moment that you step out into Diagon Alley and you see the dragon on the top of Gringotts breathe the fire. Well, wait a minute, you've you've kind of missed uh, probably the best bit. Oh, the secret the, entrance. Yeah, the secret entrance. <laughs> so, it's not really secret anymore, though, is it? No, not really. Although I think I managed to kind of surprise you a little bit with it, didn't I? Because because it's like it's basically um, two um, two bits of wall that are sort of overlapping each other, and and then if you looked at it straight on, it looks like one piece of wall. But then if you walk right up to it, then you see it kind of open. And then also you get these sound effects as well, don't you? Yeah. As if, as if um, you know, you hear this... Like, I don't yeah, know it all moves. Those. The bricks move like it does in the film. Yeah, it sounds like... It yeah. sounds like the bricks are moving. When Harry first goes to, to Diagon Alley, you hear that clink clunky. And then when you walk around Diagon Alley and you get the little sounds um, and the little special effects. And if you get the interactive ones as well and you can do the spells... Uh, I think that works out really well. Uh, the shows that they put on are great, especially when you do that. They see the um, three brothers with the puppets from Big Brother. Yeah, that, that, that really good. Yeah, that was really quite really spooky. good. Um, then when you come out of Harry Potter and you're going to looking at things like say Men in Black, um, they've got that spot on. That's how you'd expect to see Men in Black. It looks like that kind of creepy world's fairy um, MIB building. Um, and then you go around from there into Springfield, kind of Simpsons area, and more. And you've got the 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 statues, and you've got Duff Man, um, and you've got the the Duff beers. Yeah, we spent quite a lot of time in the Simpsons area, didn't we? We were getting quite a lot of pictures. It is quite well themed, isn't it? Yeah, and I like that they've kept some of the nods to some of the older rides that are not there anymore some little nuggets in there so you've still got um a nod to the back to the future you've got the train there mm, and the car and the well. delorean yeah and then you've got if you go back to where Re- amateurville used to be you've mm. got um on that p you've still got jaws hanging down yeah we've got a picture of you being eaten by jaws haven't we yeah i enjoyed that um and i remember i went on jaws ride when it was there um mate rest in peace um and that was a, fu- a fun ride so I think, yeah, I think Universal does fantastically well on their theming. Puts us to shame. I can't think of any UK theme park that's does as well. No, the only thing that did let us down a bit were Universal Studios, but they've, they've remedied this now, is that when we went, the nighttime show, it was very... It was very old hat, wasn't it? The kind of really old technology that they used. Um, and it was like a big screen and they had kind of like some of the films on, didn't they? And then they had fireworks. You couldn't really see the fireworks because they kind of had to launch the fireworks, you know, almost like half a mile away. Um, so you didn't really see them, did you, at the time? But when you compare that show, the old show, to what we've got on offer over here, not, none of the none of the what our theme parks are bringing out are even close. Even though it was old hat, and it was old hat in comparison to something like D- Walt Disney World, which is up the road, which their shows yeah. are just fantastic. Yeah, it's not gonna compare. But I don't think it was a terrible show. I think, like you say, it was just maybe it needed a revamp, and they've done that now, and the new show is amazing. 
Yeah, so we can't can't really hold that against them, can we? No. Okay, so um, some special mentions then. Um, so I really like that at Universal Studios, and same at Islands of Adventure as well, but probably less so, is that at the end of the ride, then when the the ride ups, they all kind of clap you, don't they? Or the ride hosts as you're coming through. Because I guess, like I said before, the idea of the park is that you ride the movies. So the idea is at the end of the ride that you kind of take in your applause, aren't you? So that was something that I I really liked about it as well. I really I thought that was a really nice touch. I think the staff throughout. I don't think we ever came across a bad member of staff. I think they were all really really lovely. Everybody was super friendly, really helpful. Um, you didn't get any attitude. Whereas I know some of the theme parks, even possibly some of the Disney ones, like every now and then you might speak to someone and you feel like you're taking up too much of their time just being there. Um, but no, I don't think we came across anybody in Universal that were in any part of Universal that that were unfriendly or that you felt like you were putting them out. Um, and adding no. to that, I think the like you said, they, they want you to be part of the movie. And I think the way that they get you involved in things um, is really good. We discovered when we were there, if um, you get there as it opens, they pick somebody out to open the park. Yeah, the family of of the day, don't they? Yeah, and we were really lucky to be that family of the day. We were picked. I out. think we just, I think we just looked really, really lost and confused to do it. And we were taking pictures around the universe, you know, because they have the Universal Globe at the beginning, and I probably we probably took about a million pictures. So they were, they were probably watching <laughs> us, and we got there so early as well. We must have looked so dead keen that we were there like an hour. You know, an hour or so before it even opened, and we got us passes, didn't we, for the two weeks? We got us Orlando flexi passes. Yeah, I but I, d- I don't think that's the tip to get picked as the family of the week, get there an hour early. I think because they only picked us out probably about 15 minutes before there was due to start. Yeah, but, but I think. But I think they probably they probably watch people, don't they? I, think, mm. I don't know if they just pick people random. I think they probably watch and think, right, well, who who kind of look like good suspects. It was a bit weird that they picked us in a way because you would think that they would actually pick, you know, like an, a, like an actual family, you know, because there were just two of us, weren't there? But, you know, there were people with kids and stuff. Maybe it was because we were, we were English and they'd heard us talking and we did go right up to the gates and we were talking about it. So maybe they just heard us and thought, oh, well, let's have these guys because they're not local. We, we did look eager and we did look like we were getting ready to climb over the fence. Yeah, so that so could th- have had something to do with it. <laughs> yeah, that that might be it. But the park opening ceremony, um, we literally got taken in um, by a member of staff. They gave us a bit of a briefing and said, we want you to read this bit of a script. Um, you get the certificate. And we got uh, were it a two-day or a one? It was two-day, wasn't it? Um, photo pass. Well, it was 24 hours, wasn't it? So, ah, that was it, yeah. So. so we got it, so we could use it pretty much over two days couldn't we because yeah. I think it was from when you activated it I don't think we activated it until like the afternoon so we basically had it for two days didn't we yeah I remember us using it over a couple of days getting as money's worth out of it so that was nice and then the other thing that we did when we were there is because we were there over Christmas we were stood queuing oh well, we were thinking of getting a spot for the, the parade um, and this member yeah, and of staff were like, do you want to be involved in the parade? And we stupidly <laughs> went, yeah, 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 we will do, yeah. yeah. That sounds good, yeah. Yeah, and then the next thing we know, we've been ushered backstage um, <clears throat> and then yeah. given a prep for <laughs> holding a balloon. 
it kind of got really, really official really, really quickly because someone came up to us like really, really happy saying, oh, do you want to be in the parade, blah, blah, blah. And then you had to go and talk to their supervisor and then they looked at your shoes and went, yeah, okay, they're good to go. They've got, you know, proper shoes. And then it started to become, right, go here. Now you need to sign this waiver that if we accidentally like kill you or something that you won't sue us. <laughs> and it just started, it just started to kind of, get very very serious very very quickly <laughs> so it started off very cheerful although to be fair once we signed everything um and then we sort of went backstage which we won't i don't think we're really allowed to talk about are we so we won't say what happened when we went backstage but we went backstage i think you can say we got a, a safety briefing <laughs> yeah well we got a safety briefing but we went backstage and and you know we we, we we got shown you know what to do and all that kind of stuff um and we got assigned our uh balloon didn't we our we, got an, we got us elf yeah we got cj elf didn't we yeah cj elf and you have like um you get a leader who's a universal staff member so you get like a, so it's a mixture of staff members so it's like you know um i think there were eight of us on the elf weren't there so it's like four staff members a leader and then like four guests um yeah i think it varied depending on which balloon and the balloon we're talking about like the big macy's parade balloons the massive these these are really big heavy balloons yeah (laughs) yeah so they took us out and we were literally in the parade walking around um and you do little moves to make them wiggle and dance yeah i do kind of I, i always think about that i think yeah, we're really, really good experiencing, I think. But were they just using us as free labour as well? <laughs> Quite possibly. Because... I think the only sad part about it was that we'd have no photographic proof that we did this. No. There were no videos because there were only us two. And we weren't allowed to take us phones with us. This was one of the things, one of the stipulations. We weren't allowed yeah. to record anything, were we? So... Well, I don't know how you'd have held the balloon and filmed it. It'd have been a bit weird. Um, no, but if you'd have had like a chest-mounted GoPro or something, but you you wouldn't you wouldn't have been allowed to do it. You're not allowed to film backstage, and you're not allowed to film doing anything like that. Although Tim Tracker did make a video of him on the um, Mardi Gras parade, but he probably got you know special permission to do that. But as a rule of thumb, um, you know you're not really meant to do that. But yeah, that's something that so that's something quite unique to Universal is that they get you involved in the parades. Um, something which doesn't happen at Disney apart from they also have a family of the day as well, and you get to ride in a car. But that's normally only just you know a couple of people a day. Um, so yeah, so that's something that's a unique experience that you can get involved in. Just speak to a staff member before one of the parades, um, and just see if it's one that you can get involved in. But definitely the Macy's Day Parade and definitely Mardi Gras are ones that they get guests involved in, uh, and they'll probably be others as well, I'd imagine. Yeah, but it was fun. It was definitely experience. Um, I just say if you are going to get involved and you want proof that you were involved make sure you've got another friend or family member nearby to film it or take a picture as you're going around on the bridge. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Um, But I think that's all from me. Overall, it's a good park. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything else to to say really about Universal Studios, but I guess just overall, it, it just feels like... It feels... I think because it hasn't got loads and loads of roller coasters and things like that, it feels quite quite relaxed in a way doesn't it it's more about it's more about the experience at universal studios than it is about the rides in some ways 
So even though I did talk about, oh, there's too many screen-based rides, blah, 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 but there's a lot, awful lot of side shows going on. So, like, for example, you know, you've got the Blues Brothers and then you have uh, Donkey, don't you, who comes out. Um, and there's all sorts of stuff just going on, lots of street theatre. Um, so it's more about the atmosphere. It's just like an enjoyable experience. So I, I would say if you kind of want a change of pace from, say, like the Magic Kingdom, which is a very hectic you know, busy kind of park. Uh, Universal Studios, if you go at the right time, it can feel like a bit more of a relaxing... Well, I don't know if I'd say relaxing, but it just feels like a more chilled experience. It also feels like a more adult experience, I would say. Yeah, I'd as say... Well. I mean, there are bits in there for kids, but I would say it's definitely more adult, um, especially considering... The, you know the the content that's there is probably older than a lot of kids. I'd be surprised to see how many children these days um, know what Men in Black is. Um, I mean, they might have yeah. caught bits on it, but it it's it was popular. Like we said, it came out in ninety seven. Um, I know there were the sequels after that, but again, as far as content goes, I don't think that's the most the youngest thing. Again, Mummy, that were. 90 something or other again i'll google um but i don't think yeah the kids yeah. i mean they, they did the new mummy um but that were late, 1999 so it's, it's a lot of 90s content and things like blues brothers is great i think if you want something more adult and you want that that whole um kind of movie experience i mean for the kids there is the minions and as you say there's donkey that comes out and shrek and scooby-doo Scooby-Doo's a, a nice surprise when you turn around the corner sometimes. It f- oh, and, and Spongebob and uh, Senor Calamari as well. <laughs> yeah, Spongebob and Squidward. Um, yeah, yeah. I, he quite liked being called Senor, Senor Calamari. It was, because, um, it was because we'd been to Spain uh, that year as well, and we? we went to Port Ventura in like the May, didn't we? And we, we found out that Squidward was called Senor Calamari from watching... Uh, I can't. Is it on Cartoon Network or, or is it on Nickelodeon? It's Nickelodeon yeah, on Nickelodeon. Um, yeah. But we're forgetting probably the biggest cartoon character of all from Universal. I'll say the biggest. Uh, Woody Woodpecker, their their namesake, their their mascot, as it were. Well, I suppose it's not their namesake, but their mascot, Woody Woodpecker, um, was tootling around when we were there as well, wasn't he? Um, and Bar and Barney. I don't think Woody Woodpecker's there. It was there when I went with my mum. Okay, I don't. I don't know. If, well, yeah, it's, I don't know. Is it possible? Yeah, yeah, because I'm sure he was there when we Port, were there as well. Yeah, because Port Aventura was originally a Universal Park, sort of. He is Universal property, as far as I'm aware. He's still, yeah. I'm sure, he's still Universal property. But yeah, Barney and I—I I had to kind of chase after Barney, didn't I? Because Barney, Barney and his weird friends, his his Triceratops friend, uh, was like kind of heading back, back into the sort of Barney shop, wasn't there? And I had to kind of chase after them because it were really sad, really, because it were like they'd come out to try and sort of meet and greet, and all the kids were kind of like, "Oh, I don't, what's that weird dinosaur over there?" And they didn't really want to get involved, and so Barney just looked really sad, <laughs> and then just kind of, so so I'm like chasing after Barney, and I'm like, we're gonna get a picture of Barney, whether you like it or not, <laughs> and uh, so I got a good picture with Barney, didn't I? That was great, that getting a picture with Barney. I didn't see him, I didn't see him again after that, to be fair. 
So it must have been a bit of a sort of lightning in a bottle, really. I don't know if, how often they come out, to be honest. Yeah, Woody's still there, and there's the um, Woody Woodpecker Nuthouse Coaster. Oh, yeah, there is the Woody Woodpecker See, sort of kid zone, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Woody Woodpecker is still prominent in Universal. I mean, probably not as prominent as he was, because, again, I think the, the property that they own now is probably not as popular is not as it's not as prominent on television anymore as it used to be although no, despicable me is mm, still quite popular i think woody woodpecker would have still been pretty popular in the 90s um because i don't know when i were a kid woody woodpecker seemed to be on all the time um but it had so... another series back in the yeah it had another series i can't remember what channel it showed on over in this country but i remember them doing a a modern version of woody woodpecker but they should have bring it i think they need to bring in chilly willy as well Chilly Willy. And we did see, didn't we see, oh no, it was at Port of Ventura, wasn't it, that we saw, um, they have like a, a Chilly Willy statue, didn't they? Yeah, it's outside um, um, that gift shop near Carousel. Yeah, yeah. Okay, alright, well I think that probably brings us to the end then for Universal Studios. So, yep. yeah, overall, another one of these parks where there's an awful lot more loves than hates, but there are definitely a few... A uh, few things to talk about, and definitely the screen-based attractions is—it's kind of a bit of a, a bone of contention for for a lot of people, really. Um, but luckily, I think I think they've turned the corner a little bit on that, so we'll we'll give them a bit of a pass for now on that one. If you want to get in touch with us, um, just find us on Facebook at Theme Park Loopy. You can send me an email at themeparkloopy at gmail We're also on Twitter and Instagram. And also on YouTube as well. And we also have a website, which is themeparkloopy.com, uh, where we post uh, different sort of blogs uh, and opinion pieces and things like that. So, yeah, come along and have a read. But in the meantime, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you again real soon. <laughs>